this thing on? Because it's getting ready to be on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Bellringer. My name is Greg. Your guest name today is Bill Maggio, CEO of the Jacobs Institute and involved in a whole bunch of other things. We touch on Lorraine Capital and 43 North specifically, the entrepreneurial ecosystem, Buffalo Niagara as a health sciences destination, and why Bill, a person so involved in our community, is optimistic for our future. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Bill for his time today. Read us on iTunes, and we'll catch you on the next one. So for those that don't know, tell us a bit about Jacobs Institute. So the Jacobs Institute is, uh, is an innovation uh, center uh, that's housed in the Gates Vascular Center over um, uh, in, uh, in downtown Buffalo as part of the Kaleida Healthcare System. Uh, the, the Jacobs Institute, we, we call it the JI, which is what I'll refer to throughout this conversation. The JI uh, is a separate 501c3 organization that, that exists um, in, in the GVI, and it's sandwiched between uh, the uh, neuro and cardiovascular clinical hospital uh, in the floors below, and above uh, the JI is the uh, UB Clinical Research uh, Center. Um, and the Jacobs Institute was set up to foster uh, innovative uh, uh, product development and research in the neuro and cardiovascular space. So what we essentially do is collaborate with the best medical device companies in the world, companies like Medtronic and Stryker, Johnson & Johnson, so on and so forth, Boston Scientific, and help them to advance their current technologies and develop, uh, and develop uh, the, their next generation of, uh, of technologies. Um, we also um, foster innovative prototyping with some of the most uh, creative startups from around the world, uh, again, in the neuro and cardiovascular space. Um, and, and, and we do this uh, because uh, this is, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, if, if your listeners are aware, but, but, but the, real, the father of endovascular surgery uh, was a gentleman named Dr. Nick Hopkins, and he's from Buffalo. And uh, it was he and, and Chairman Jerry Jacobs who uh, had the original vision for the Jacobs Institute. So, so essentially what we are is an innovation center uh, right in, in the heart of uh, the medical campus. And what we do is we work to develop uh, and advance discoveries uh, in the medical device space around uh, technologies that are used to treat things like heart attack and stroke. And you touch on a lot of those collaborations. Um, and I know like the, the website and kind of your, your mission statement highlights that as a way to encourage economic development Tell us a bit about kind of the connection between the two and how these organizations you're working with then can kind of take the innovations that come out of this collaboration and help the economy here in Buffalo and beyond. So, you know, I'm all about, as you know, economic development. So I'm going to set that question aside for a second and, 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 and answer it from, from this perspective. So the JI, the, 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 the really uniqueness about the Jacobs Institute, and there's really nothing like it in, in, in the country is it takes all the critical components of advancing discovery and puts them in one in one building. You have industry, you have uh, clinicians, you have researchers, you have patients, um, all coming together. Uh, you have uh, clinicians from uh, varying disciplines, neuro uh, experts, uh, cardiovascular experts, 
um, structural heart experts, all doing what we like to call colliding uh, in, in an environment which fosters innovative thought um, and which creates an opportunity to, to advance and to accelerate discovery. Uh, so, so that's very, very unique. And, and what that has done is it's put Buffalo on the map as the go-to place uh, for, for medical device innovation in the neuro and cardiovascular space. And what we're trying to do is parlay that into economic development opportunities for Buffalo. And we do that through uh, a division of the JI called the I2R. The I2R stands for Idea to Reality. And every year we bring two or three startups into Buffalo and we cultivate those startups and we help them advance their discoveries. Now, these are discoveries in the neuro and cardiovascular space with the hope that if we can accomplish what we set out to accomplish, that they will consider establishing a component of that business right here on the Niagara Medical Campus. So um, it's really, it's really much like 43 North, what we're trying to do is we're trying to raise the awareness of the level of expertise that we have um, here in Buffalo. And hopefully, hopefully, as we continue to advance our ability to make great discoveries, um, people will think about, you know, building uh, a more uh, robust corporate infrastructure here in Buffalo. And we're starting to see that happen now. We have a very meaningful relationship with Toshiba Medical. We have a very meaningful relationship with Stratasys, um, which is really big in 3D imaging, um, which is a big part of what we do. So we're starting to see uh, we're starting to see some indication uh, that big industry is looking to Buffalo as not only a place where they can innovate, but a place where they can actually establish a base to help support uh, their innovative uh, and research uh, initiatives. In addition to that, as you know, and we're proving it through our 43 North modeling, is that Buffalo is a really, really exciting place uh, for startups to want to kind of grow and cultivate their business. And like I said, the I2R is a center within the JI that cultivates startups in the, in the uh, medical device space and neurocardiovascular uh, areas. Uh, so we're hoping that these companies, as they get more comfortable, will think about establishing themselves here in Buffalo. Yeah, and I've, I've talked to a bunch of life, life and health sciences startups and more established companies on this podcast and beyond that speak to that cluster of resources available on the Buffalo Niagara Medical Campus. Not just you know what makes a great campus. Yeah, what makes a great campus is just not great clinical care, right? I mean, you need, you know, you know, industry is ultimately is a big part of that. If you look at if you look at you know cities like Boston or New York or Philadelphia or Dallas or L.A., um, you know, and, and and the success that they've had in building and sustaining and cultivating a very very strong kind of healthcare ecosystem, industry plays a big part of that. Research plays a big part of that. So. So we've done a wonderful job, I think, of significantly enhancing the quality of care that we provide to citizens of our community here. Um, what we need to do is start to populate the campus with other critical components that really start to build a robust medical campus or medical ecosystem, if you will. Right. Sorry to interrupt you there, but I wanted to make that point. And in, in, increase the speed of you know, what we call like from bench to bedside of these innovations becoming, you know, as you say, coming to reality. Um, at a pretty, pretty rapid pace in a place like Buffalo. And that's what really prompted, uh, that's what really prompted, uh, you know, the chairman's interest in endorsing this idea around, you know, publishing a book on the future of medicine is, you know, just, just a tangential story. 
I mean, Jerry's connection to the Jacobs Institute is, you know, his brother, uh, brother Larry, Larry Jacobs, Dr. Jacobs was a brilliant clinician, but he was equally as a brilliant researcher. He made some fascinating discoveries back in the 70s. Unfortunately, in Buffalo, we have a very high propensity for for autoimmune disease and, and, and for cardio and neurovascular disease, much above the national averages. We really don't understand why. But he made a discovery of a therapeutic that was, was transformative in the treatment of, I believe, of rapidly progressive uh, multiple sclerosis. And back then, in the 70s and early 80s, he couldn't find, the infrastructure didn't exist to help cultivate that discovery. That, that technology was ultimately licensed to a small biotech in Boston called Biogen. As you now know, Biogen is one of the largest biotech companies in the world. Can you imagine if we had the infrastructure then that we have today, that company would have been built right here in Buffalo, I believe. So in the future medicine report, what we tried to do is really kind of scream out to the world that we have a perspective on, on where medicine is going and that in certain areas, Buffalo is as good a place as anywhere in the world to come and innovate. Well, let's let's kind of dive into that report. You know, it's something you and the Jacobs Institute talks a, a lot about the future of medicine. What are some of the key findings or highlights from that report um, that you guys, you know, often tout and, and you talk about on the podcast that you host? So there's a lot, right? I mean, there's so much uh, that we talk about. Just a couple of interesting things. Well, first of all, there's the things that people know about, right? The uh, the advancing ability to use uh, immuno, uh, immunotherapies to treat cancers um, and, 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 and the rate of speed that that will take over the more traditional approach to treating cancer like chemotherapies and radiation. Um, there's uh, there's the, 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 the impact of the explosion and expansion of the middle class and the baby boomers and the impact that that has on healthcare. There's, there's more advancing things like data analytics, uh, the utilization of robots. Um, there's even an interesting uh, uh, you know, component about uh, uh, you know, the, 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 um, uh, you know, what's going to happen in, in, in China when you know, as, as people in China start to eat more like we do here stateside. What impact is that going to have on chronic diseases like diabetes and, 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 and heart disease? And, and ultimately, what's it going to cost? Uh, what's it going to cost the global healthcare system to, to care for those patients? Um, there's a wide variety of things. And one of the things I think has brought a lot of attention to our publication was in that publication, we predicted that there would be a, a flu, a flu oriented pandemic in the next 10 years, um, which is exactly what happened. And, and, and in the, in the publication, we, we essentially called out exactly what the world is experiencing. Um, and, and there's talk about what we can do to prevent future pandemics. So it touches on a wide range of things. It would be, you know, there's every, every chapter is fascinating, whether it's about technology and the impact technology has, um, uh, you know, when we talk about telemedicine, uh, obviously telemedicine is something that accelerated into the conversation as a result of this pandemic. Um, so, so there's a lot of really, really interesting topics. And, and I encourage your listeners to, 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 to get a copy of it and read it because it's quite fascinating. And what we've done uh, is we've tried, to, we've tried to keep the publication in, in, in the forefront of people's minds. And, uh, and I think we've done a really good job of that uh, with the lecture series that we, that, we, that we put on every year in collaboration with, with the great medical school at the University of Buffalo. And now a podcast series, which, which I run 
um, uh, called The Future of Medicine, uh, and we talk about various components of the publication uh, by bringing experts in to have a conversation around what we're predicting as well as what the potential impacts can be to, to our community here in Western New York. And a, a great podcast that, you know, all of our listeners should check out. I also, um, I believe it's part of the lecture series you just mentioned. I think it was last week you had uh, a webinar on specifically on COVID and kind of the current pandemic and some of the origins of the virus. So I believe we'll be linking to that in this piece as well. But, you know, I talked to a bunch of people that were on that webinar and um, really like incredible things to say about the the guests that you were able to gather and expertise they were able to share, you know, right here from, from downtown Buffalo. You know, the unfortunate thing, uh, the unfortunate thing is this thing has been highly politicized, right? And what I really wanted to convey to our listeners was an unbiased perspective on COVID-19. And I think we accomplished that. You know, we talked about its origins. Really, you know, I mean, these pandemics, they, they, they really, unfortunately, whether we want to accept it or not, they, they, they kind of birthed themselves out of these wet markets. And, and, and we had a foremost expert in, 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 in wet markets uh, uh, participate. Uh, we had... Um, uh, individuals who have a fairly unbiased perspective around uh, vaccine development. Um, uh, we had a great clinician here from Buffalo, Dr. Kenny Snyder, who talked about uh, about really what are the realities around COVID and and, and what have we learned up to this point, and uh, you know to get a real a real I think an unbiased you know uh, you know unfiltered perspective on where we're at with that. Um, and then we talked a little bit about uh, how uh, how uh, how entrepreneurs are going to rethink how they how they cultivate manage their businesses and 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 start new businesses in the future as a result of the pandemic. So yeah, I, I, I appreciate the I appreciate the, the shout out on it. It was really really well received, and I would encourage your listeners to uh, if they had the time to uh, to check it out. It was it was a really great session. Very very happy with uh, with the outcome. You're also heavily involved in the entrepreneurial ecosystem, which you just kind of briefly mentioned. Um, Immediate Past Chair of Fortitude North, managing partner at Lorraine Capital. Um, through kind of both of those experiences, and maybe especially um, the kind of foundation of Fortitude North, how have you seen that part of our economy grow over the last handful of years? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's funny. Uh, and, um, you know, so we'll start with 43 North. 43 North, as you know, was, was, uh, was, uh, was originally spun out on the Buffalo Billion. Um, and I can't think of a better way to spend, uh, to spend the state's money. We've, we've put Buffalo on the map. Um, just, just, just the efforts that we've put forth to expose the rest of the world to what's really unique and special about Buffalo I think was worth every penny that we spent, but all the tremendous upside is really, really, I think the fact that we've been able to get better every year at what we do. We brought, we brought some great startups into our, into our ecosystem. Uh, you know, a lot of people talk about ACV that's gone on and raised a lot of money. I think that company is now worth over a you know, billion and a half dollars. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of other companies that have been very, very successful that have raised $10 million, that have raised $15 million. Square just closed a round of $34 million. 10 years ago, these types of events were unheard of. So I think from 43 North's perspective, I think what we've done is we've told the world that yes, you can bring your company here and you can cultivate and grow your company here and you can actually have longevity here. And, uh, 
and and I think you and I both understand the reasons why. It's a it's an affordable uh, uh, it's an affordable economy. Uh, um, we've got good schools. Uh, it's it's uh, good housing stock. Um, we've got hardworking people, so on and so forth. Uh, and, and, and we hope uh, we hope that we'll be able to continue. Um, as you know, we, we had to take a year off as a result of uh, as a result of, of COVID 19s impact on the state. But we're 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 gearing up for a very strong uh, very strong 2021. And all indications are is that we haven't lost much momentum. And very excited about continuing to do the great work we have done up to this point to really tell the world about Buffalo and about why. It's a great place to start a business, especially a technologically oriented business. As far as Lorraine Capital is concerned, you know, I had the great fortune of building a wonderful medical device company here in Buffalo, and I would not have had near the success that I had if it weren't for uh, the great employees that I had. And if there was one thing that I observed as an entrepreneur kind of coming up in Buffalo through, you know, from say 2001 to when I sold my company in 2014, it was that people from the outside recognized Buffalo. Uh, for one thing, it was a place to come in and buy a company, you know, buy up a customer list, buy up some IP, buy up technology, leave the jobs behind and pull the companies out of Buffalo. And it was very, very frustrating for me to kind of observe that. And one of the stipulations I had when I sold my company was the acquirer had to commit to keeping the jobs in Buffalo. And Lorraine Capital's primary focus was to, was to invest as a private equity firm, was to invest and New York state-based companies with the sole intention of keeping those jobs here, cultivating and growing those companies, strengthening those companies uh, in, in New York state, primarily in upstate New York. So everything that I do through 43 North Andrew through Lorraine Capital really is with the sole intention of trying to cultivate a sustainable entrepreneurial ecosystem, whether it's from a startup perspective or whether from a bricks and mortar perspective of more established business. And hope that answers your question. <laughs> Certainly, yes. And and what do you see as the next iteration of that ecosystem's growth? You know, it starts with kind of the mindset change that 43 North instilled across the country about Buffalo. And then, you, you know, you mentioned some of the success stories, ACV, high operator, um, you know, through Lorraine Capital. Part of the next hurdle is the increased funding. Um, so to you, what's what's kind of that next step we need to take? Well, I think we need to see we need to see a couple of things. We need to see the simultaneous development of more tech jobs, right? I think technology is the future for Buffalo. You know, again, tangentially for a second, that's why the tech hub is so important. What uh, what what Douglas Jamal is doing down uh, at Seneca One and in and around that is 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 really important. We've missed we've missed other opportunities over the course of the last several decades to really glom on to an opportunity that could transform and build some sustainability around entrepreneurship in Buffalo. So we need to create more tech jobs. While we also need to increase the effort uh, to, to, to expand the pipeline of tech talent, right? I mean, that's a big challenge for our community. We don't have enough tech talent. So we've got to be able to, uh, um, you know, find those people who have uh, the capabilities to be tech savvy. We've got to get them involved in these tech academies and we've got to expand that base of tech talent. If we can do those two things, I can tell you the future for our community is extraordinarily bright because all the other intangibles that other big cities don't have, we have. And uh, I'm, I'm actually quite bullish on Buffalo's future in light of everything that we're dealing with the COVID-19 right now. For those that are kind of interested in that, in the growth of tech talent, I encourage you to check out our Be in Buffalo Q3 
campaign as, as we try and attract that kind of next generation um, future economy talent here. Yeah, you guys are all over it. <laughs> you get it. You're all over it. You know, it's, and it's, and, and here's the thing, right? And I think you would agree. We're finally talking about this. This is finally part of a routine conversation now. So, you know, you know what we didn't have 10 years ago and what we have today is we, we have more people who understand what we need to do, who buy into it. You know, I, I could tell you right now, as a person, I, I don't like agendas. I don't like, you know, I don't like politics. I want to get stuff done. You know, uh, can I say shit? I mean, I want to get shit done. You know? I mean, I just want to, you know, I don't have any, I don't have any time for, you know, uh, you know, this is what I've learned. And, and, and that is that, um, you know, you know, you got to preach every day, man. Right. You know, you got to preach, you got to preach this every day. And every once in a while, you got to use words and preach. So in other words, you got to lead by example. Right. And I think, you know, I think we have a lot of really great young leaders in this community now. In the past, we, we didn't we didn't spend enough time focusing on, you know, what was the next generation of leadership in this community? That's my job. You know, uh, my job is not to lead. My job is to help cultivate the next generation of leaders in this community. If we can get more people to buy into that, which I think we have, the future of Buffalo is very, very bright. And those leaders that I'm talking about are extraordinarily tech savvy people. And you're included in that, my friend. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. So I want to tie together a couple of things you just mentioned, because it's kind of a natural transition. Um, actually, last night I was up in the Seneca One Tower enjoying a uh, socially distanced baseball game from the tech hub that you mentioned. My Yankees got beat up on pretty good. But um, mm -hmm. I was with Nicholas Kaczynski, who um, you helped attract here with his yeah, software yeah. company, good Odoo. Man. So tell us a bit about that process and and how you were able to start the process and make the pitch that Odoo should be here in Buffalo in the tech hub. You know, I, I get more credit for that than I deserve, quite frankly, but you know, essentially all I did was, you know, I'm very close to uh, Mikey Whistler and, and, and obviously to Renee, uh, Renee Jones over at the bank and, and, and uh, been intimately involved in their progress at the Seneca tower. And, and I, I think it was, uh, uh, Nick had read an article about 43 North had been following 43 North. He's from Buffalo originally, as you probably know. Right. And then uh, Mike Whistler did an article. Uh, wonderful. You talk about tech talent, just an absolute genius uh, who M&T Bank recruited to, uh, to, to, to Buffalo a few years back um, had, had written an article about, you know, why Buffalo. And I think he had reached out and it just seems inevitably, you know, uh, people end up uh, uh, getting on the phone with me and, you know, and, and I, you know, I just started to talk enthusiastically about the things that, 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 that we're talking about this morning and, uh, uh, or today. And, um, uh, I said, you know, give us a shot, come on in. And, and he came in, I set up a bunch of meetings with, with people who I think share a similar passion, uh, to Buffalo that I do. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the things we just talked about, what we're doing to cultivate tech talent, what we're doing to cultivate a tech hub, why we see that as important. Um, gave him some examples of how we've been able to support some of the startups that have come up through the 43 North ecosystem. You know, he met with the mayor, he met with Howard, he met with uh, Renee, he met with a number of CEOs. And by the time we got done with him, you know, he had brought his, his, his executive partners in from Europe and from California. And I spent the Saturday and Sunday driving him around Buffalo and, you know, showing him various different exciting things that were happening in the, you know, on the West side and the East side and the medical campus and the tech hub, you know, in Larkin and, you know, you can't help coming from Silicon Valley or coming from a big, you know, big city like New York. 
um, kind of fall in love with what you see when you get here. And, uh, and what we have now that we didn't have 10 years ago is we have examples of success. And we have examples of people wanting to, you know, to, 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 to hitch their wagon to that success. So, so quite frankly, I think it was a no brainer for those guys. So that was the role that I played. I was more an ambassador than anything else. And, 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 and I'm proud to play that role. And I can, you know, you know tell you without getting into a lot of detail, there are a lot of other companies much like Odoo that I'm speaking to that have a similar interest in coming to Buffalo. These conversations, unfortunately, have been, have been stalled a bit because of COVID, but they're still very active and we're doing everything we can to move them along. And right. I do this and all as a volunteer, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Among many other things. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, Nick, Nicholas at Odoo is, I was just up there last night. He's already hired 12 people. He's got other interviews set up. So they're, you know, they're, they're chugging along and already starting to hire that tech talent and onboard them into the tower. So it's Isn't kind of great? A, a perfect Isn't story. That great? Yeah. yeah, that's great. Yeah, really is. And you guys played a role too. Everybody played an important role. We're all working together. The power of collaboration in a community like Buffalo is endless, you know, um, and uh, we all win when we work together. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, you, we've obviously we're having this conversation over zoom rather than in the office because of, you know, the pandemic that we're in um, obviously trying mm-hmm. times for everybody, both from a health standpoint and, um, you know, economically for many. So I kind of have been ending a lot of these episodes just kind of macroscopically. What makes you optimistic about Buffalo? Well, so first of all, we'll get past this, right? I mean, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I'm very confident based on what I know uh, uh, because I've you know, spent my life in healthcare uh, is that we will have a vaccine before the end of the year and we'll get our healthcare workers safe. And, and that takes away a big, a big issue, uh, obviously, as you know, um, that was the big concern, you know, that, that our healthcare workers would become overwhelmed. So I believe we'll get past that. You know, you know, wh- why am I optimistic about Buffalo's future is because I think a lot of people have done a lot of things right over the course of the last several years that I think position us to not only continue to capitalize on all the things that we were doing pre-COVID, but all the concerns and additional challenges that COVID has created, the awareness that it's created has pointed to why Buffalo could be a great community to, to foster and grow your business and, and to raise a family and do all the things that people associated with being an entrepreneur need to think about when they think about Buffalo. So, um, yeah, I don't have time to get into what those things are, but I think our listeners, your listeners understand what I'm talking about. So I think, uh, I think we'll get past COVID. I think, uh, we've got another, you know, trying four or five, six months ahead of us as we, as we, as we start to transition on the other side of this. But I think when we come on the other side, all the momentum we had going into 2020 will quickly reestablish itself and opportunities as a result of the pandemic will, will accelerate people's interest in Buffalo. Well, we greatly appreciate your time and all the efforts you've put into Buffalo. Before I let you go, we have a couple hard-hitting blizzard round questions. I'll start with, okay. if you were a flavor of ice cream, what would you be? Uh, Neapolitan. Book or TV show that you'd recommend? Uh, I would recommend a TV show. Jeez, oh my God. Seinfeld. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. <laughs> I don't watch much TV. Good pick. Uh, text or phone call? Uh, I like phone calls. 
I'm not good at much other than building relationships and trust for people. You can't do that unless you're talking to them. But I do text. Bills or Sabres? Love them both. Hiking or skiing? Uh, hiking. And last, last question, most important, chicken wings, drumstick or flat? Flat, all the way. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time today. We really appreciate it. It was a pleasure. I really appreciate your time. Bell Ringer is a podcast by Invest Buffalo Niagara, the region's privately funded nonprofit marketing and economic development organization. Please rate this podcast, follow our social media channels, and read our blog at buffaloniagara.org for the best of Buffalo Niagara. Come grow your business with us.